Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome in to another Red Out Podcast. I am your host. Uh, to start us off tonight, Devin, let's see if I can get anybody else on here. Uh, I got everybody messaging me. Let's see what we got. Devin, can you hear me? Okay. Let's see. I'm getting messaging Jared now. Okay. Can we hear me? Devin, this is Ross. Can you hear me or do I need to do the other way? No, you're good, bud. All right, cool. I just want—I didn't want to sound like I was in a phone booth like last time I called from my basement. So, no, you sound good. You sound like you're at a uh, um, supermarket right now, broadcasting over the loudspeaker. So it's good. Cool. Uh, let me see if I can get Jared, and I'm waiting to see if I can get Alex. And Jake has got baby issues right now, so we'll see what's going on with him in a minute. Right. Is half it yeah. Here we go, Jared. You're up. All right, cool. And Alex says he's here. Let's see. Alex, are you on? Mm, doesn't say anything yet. There, there he is. Oh, my goodness. That was rough. <laughs> no, you good? <laughs> okay. All right. We got everybody. Well, most everybody here that's here. Uh, Jake will be joining us in a moment. Um, so I guess we'll just start it off like usual. Winners and losers this week. Uh, Alex, do you want to start us off? Sure. Hold on. I got my headphones in. Finally, I got my headphones in. I'm good now, right? There you go. Yeah, you're good. You sound great. Okay, perfect. The winners are, once again, the Tennessee Titans. How we keep winning in the fashion we're winning right now, I do not know. It was a mix between Jameis Winston handing us the game from the Buccaneers, just all the turnovers, and then pretty much Mike Vrabel just finding ways each single week to just frustrate the fan base by his stubbornness, taking crazy calls like that fake field goal with Brett Kern as the quarterback was just, oh my goodness, we can't go any lower than that. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Nate, here you come. Man. And uh, losers for this week... Honestly, it's kind of tough, but you know what? I have none this week. For some reason, I actually have none this week. Like, it's just been one of those weeks where, you know what? Everything offsets to the point where I just can't pick an exact loser. Yeah, I understand that. I can, I get you. Sometimes it just doesn't line up. Um, Sometimes it's not blatantly obvious, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, uh, of course, you do have the Dolphins losing again, which almost turned into a winner. Wah, wah, wah. I know, it's, right? For me, it is a winner. I'm wearing a Dolphins shirt right now. I still rep this team, even though they suck. But <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say mine. But I don't have any winners because my life is depressing. Except, I mean, it is what it is. Losers, though, I have to say, any professional sports team that I like. 
because you have the Dolphins. They just played the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday Night Football. They actually looked pretty good in the first half. They actually scored two touchdowns, and they actually looked like they were going to do something. But, of course, in order to tank, you can't win, so they had to blow it as usual. And then Xavier Howard, their best player, got hurt, so he's going to be out the rest of the year, pretty much solidifying uh, 0-16 as far as I'm concerned. But the other, so they haven't won a game yet. And then also the Indiana Pacers, my favorite NBA team, they have started off terribly. Like, their bench is not very good at all. Like, Nate McMillan has the players to do it. He's just not playing there for some reason. I don't think he's a very competent head coach. I hope that this is his last year because he's got really good, talented players but can't do anything with them. So my life is just depressing. None of my professional sports teams have won a game yet this year. So go Tops. So are are you a Red fan too or what? No, but that would I'd probably be a Marlins fan just because that would be even more perfect. <laughs> I'm just talking how, about- how old were you in 98 and 2003? Oh lord. Uh, 98 I was in like kindergarten, 03 was like third grade. So, hey, that's that's they would have been the most recent champions out of those teams if you were a Marlins fan. So, wow, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of par for the course thus far though. So. The Pacers went to the finals in 2000 and played the Lakers, I think. But yeah, during their three-piece. Reggie. Yeah, he needed more help. <laughs> Jermaine O'Neal. Yeah, he was good, too. Austin Crozier. Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> it's a pretty good team, but, I mean, apparently when I like a team, they become cursed outside of Western. They're the only team that I've cared about that has actually had any type of success. So that's a miracle within itself. Yes. Uh, Ross, do you have any winners and losers, buddy? Uh, I'll do a winner, Game 7, tonight of the World Series, you know, do or die baseball. And for the baseball haters like Jared, baseball's finally over after the day. So we'll say winners on both sides. So, um, no, it should be a great game, do or die. Like, you know, all the baseball's boring talk's not going to apply tonight because literally every pitch matters because both teams could lose at any moment. Tonight, a Game 7 is always interesting. I don't really care what sport it is. And and just the – Baseball. The the crazy fact is this series the road teams won every game. They, they said I saw the stat last night. It was a first. There's been between NHL, NFL, or in, NHL, NBA, and baseball. There's been 1,400 series game seven series in time. This is the first time in all you know probably 1,400 time series that the road games won the first six of of any series. So that's just crazy. Yeah, that is so, really backwards. Yeah, it's, I mean, it flies against the fit, you know conventional wisdom, home field advantage is just just nuts. And the games have really just, you know, the, it's kind of been back and forth where it's like, okay, well, the teams kind of get blown out every game, but, you know, they we'll see. It's do or die tonight. should be good. Who's Losers, the home team? Uh, Astros. All right, so. Nationals are your yes. champions. <laughs> so, As yeah, a Cardinals be- fan, I do not want the Astros. I mean – it was cool that they finally won one a couple years back, but still, it's just like, as a Cardinals fan, I'm like, uh, let Houston just lose this, just so not only the National League will actually have one through the Nationals, so just... No, um, no super teams. <laughs> no super yeah. teams at all. Yeah. And yeah. my loser my loser this week is uh, Arkansas fans. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I don't know if you guys followed the Tower Rack earlier this week, but uh, 
You know, there's rumors that the Kyrie Walker rumors are still hanging out there that he might join a team mid-year. He unenrolled from his prep school and is either going to go to Western Arkansas or overseas. So I made a, made a funny little comment on Twitter saying like, okay, well, in the span of six weeks, we could steal a four-star, uh, get their coach fired in football, and go two and zero in two years in basketball. It's not very, uh, it's not very out there. You know, it's definitely possible. And you know, we don't, I don't get any, you know, response except a couple likes from Western fans. And then I wake up this morning, and there's like. 30 notifications on the uh, Tower Act Twitter account, and it's like, oh, you're a little old Western Kentucky, Stansberry with the with the, the cash bag and all this other stuff. And it's like, <laughs> I'm glad you guys finally discovered it two days later in Arkansas. See, fans. the reason why is because their internet is so slow, they don't get their feed refreshed every two to three days is when they actually get it's new up. Yeah, it's dial-up, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love, you know, Kentucky, we're... We're probably in the in the hovering between the 40s and 42 range, but thank God for states like Arkansas, Mississippi, and West Virginia. Yeah, yes. we, we got somebody to make fun of. <laughs> yes, there's always somebody. Uh, I guess my winner, um, winner or loser, depending on how you see it, uh, the World Series girls who flashed the uh, pitcher. Oh yeah, I heard about that. <laughs> oh, America's the winner on that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny in my book because I was. Of course, I didn't watch the game, but it was one of those after the facts, and I was like, "Are you serious?" I, I honestly thought it was just one of those trolling, you know, articles. People were joking about it, and then I was like, "No, no, no, no! These girls actually got supposedly banned for life from that stadium." Yeah, they did. Oh, they yeah, got banned, banned for, for, for baseball. Oh, yeah. Which, which they, got, they got Pete Rose. Which, by the way, that's almost impossible to be able to do. Get banned from every yeah, stadium. From every yeah, I mean. They could just pull a, you know, Mike Sanchez. There's no way they, they, no way they enforce it unless they tried to buy something. But like, you know, if they bought just tickets off the street, there's no way they would ever get caught going no. to a game. Exactly. There's no way you're gonna be able to see that. If you bought it with your credit card or something, that might be one way. But yeah, the other way, well, no, that's not gonna happen. Apparently, the that's what that that IG model. That's like her stunt she pulls. She, wherever she goes, she just lets the uh, lets the puppies fly. So. <laughs> that's hilarious i didn't realize well yeah i mean yeah instagram models is another story that's just a loser and all in itself um ncaa has come through and I, I depending on your view they've either done something good or something bad and they allowed the athletes to profit from their own likeness which means so, it's the next ncaa game possibly will make world peace Finally. It could. It could be. Yeah, and it could also be about two hundred dollars too. So, it's I'll pay every penny. I'll pay every penny. It's I've heard since twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen was the last time we got a new NCAA so, game. It's so longer than that for basketball, I think. I You're think, probably right. I mean, I think what we got to take in mind with this more than anything. This is the the first step. Well, really, the second step after the California law was passed. But really, it was basically the NCAA saying doing what California signaled them to do and saying, hey, you guys have to you guys have to come to action and do this. The NCAA said, oh, crap, we actually have to do something. But they basically said, okay, we're going to allow this, but try to fit it under our model, whatever that means. Yeah. 
and there we don't know what that means yet so it's just a wait and see in my book i mean i think we can't really jump to conclusions yet i still think it's going to be something like todd stewart said in the interview where it's kind of like an add-on to the 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 to the cost of attendance stipend but until we really know how the NCAA is going to allow individual players to profit from it, it's anybody's guess. It could be to the, it could be either side of the conspiracy theorist. On honestly, yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It could go either way. As far as, yeah. and, and then the what biggest, they, go ahead. The two biggest things to take away that I got from the whole thing that they passed today is that one, it doesn't obviously take to effect now. They're trying to aim for January of 2021 to where they can instate this. And also the NCA, they made it pretty clear that they're not the ones that are going to be provide, providing the money for athletes. They're just opening it to where they can get money like from an endorsement deal or just from their name, image, and likeness. I don't know if that means like if Western sells a uh, number 23 basketball jersey, they can have Bassey's name on it and him get money from it. I don't know if that's something that – if that's how it would look. But, I mean, that's what they're aiming for. I think it's something similar to that. Yeah, that's my thing too. Like – I mean, where do you draw the line? If you have a shirt that has Batsy's face on it, that's one thing. But if you have his number, is that another story? Well, and I mean, I they sell know. the jerseys at Western that have different players' numbers on it. Like, they have just, like, a one, but there's still somebody with number one. Like, last year is Monte Bearden. I mean, it's basically a Bearden jersey, but without his name on it. Yeah, but also, I, what about this? Like, you can always get a jersey off the internet or whatever. Say, like... You can get a Charles Bazzi Western jersey literally from like China or somewhere. Like, is that line going to be drawn off the likeness, even though it's not coming directly from the source? Honestly, uh, it's in China. They don't they don't follow copyright laws anyway, so it's not a good. It's true. It's true. If you were buying it directly from Nike, I'd assume they'd get a cut though. Yeah, if but you think about it, the do. universities could make a bunch of money if they were to sell player jerseys and like advertise it. So like the NFL and how the different teams all sell their jerseys. Like I'd go buy me a John Haggerty jersey right now, one hundred percent. So well, here's the that thing: could be more money it's, for it's not gonna <laughs> it's not gonna be the biggest windfall that everybody thinks. So let's say it's a hundred dollar jersey. Maybe Bassie gets ten dollars off of that because of all the different things. So. And that's like the NCAA game. If you if you do like, let's say 130 teams times 70 players per roster, 80 players per roster. That's you know they might get like a $1,500 check. And then if the players start holding out, that's where it can become a giant mess. That's that's kind of what Todd Stewart was talking about. It's like if you if you don't if you don't make it equal, then there you get player resentment issues and all this other stuff and. It's you know it's gonna be weird and hairy and it's, I'm I'm just fascinated to see how the NCAA implements the thing because see, you're kind of open opening Pandora's box who knows yeah but that's my thing too is are they drawing the line at having like Charles Bassey's number and name on the back or is it just like they sell a jersey that has a number one and then that player gets the the money from it even though it doesn't have their name on it you get what I'm saying. Like, it's not using their name or likeness, but it's like, uh, where do you draw your line? See, I'm not really worried about the school merchandising and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm more worried about, like, local companies, Trent Betting sponsoring, or, you know, like Don Franklin Auto, like the big dealership group out of Lexington, like, using that. Or Gerald Printing. Yeah, something something bigger, something bigger than, okay, the school, 
you know, that's that's fine. There's little cuts. Who knows if they're buying for this or that? Because I'm a firm believer, okay, Bassie's a star, but I still think most Western fans are buying, like, the, the printed cup because it's the printed cup at the game. They're not buying because Bassie's face is on there. I agree, but yeah, like you say, it's it's their likeness. Yeah, so. well, they'll they'll find they'll find loopholes around that little stuff. I'm worried about more about the making money off of endorsements and you know spokesman deal and stuff like that. Which I think that's the bigger stuff. So, um, so uh, jumping into other sports, volleyball continues to win, uh, and I guess I have to eat a little crow. I said it was that them continually to continuing to win. Uh, was starting to get boring, and I didn't mean that as an insult. I meant it more as a compliment, uh, but I can understand how it made me be uh, as screwed to look that way. Did we get uh, called out last week for that? I got called out by my wife. So, <laughs> so yeah, so that's fine. It's whatever. I don't. I, I didn't. I wasn't saying it as a uh, a diss to volleyball girls. I was just saying it as a compliment. So there you go. All they did. Um, the girls beat Charlotte on the twenty seventh, three zero. And then they turned around and beat UAB 3-0. So, bam. Gotta love still, that. Still waiting. We're about two weeks from our, our giant match against Rice. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, they're, uh, Rice is like number 15. We're like number 22 or something. So, uh, that would probably be – I think if we win that, we probably can get an at-large seed even if we lost him in the conference tournament. So, it's a really big game. Looks like soccer has beat UAB last – on the one 25th, yeah. yeah, they beat them 1-0. And that's, yeah, that's when the uh, volleyball play at UAB uh, was on the 25th. Uh, women's basketball plays on the 31st against Kentucky Wesleyan in the exhibition. Uh, so go support them. And that's at, yeah, that's at Diddle, okay. Um, and it looks like women's golf beat, uh, they won out in the Little Rock Women's Golf Classic. They beat out 17 other teams, so there we go. Sweet. Yeah, that's good. That's yes, go yeah, Tops. I actually did show prep today, so it's all good. Look at hey. you, Devin. I'm sorry. I know, right? <laughs> um, let me see if I can pull up the – they beat 17 other teams, and I I was kind of confused because I don't do golf first off. But they um, – let me see. They did uh, – come on now. Hello, Internet. This is in Arkansas. I think, I think head coach Adam Gary, the women's golf coach, has now, I think, either tied or broken the record for most – wins as a uh, coach in, in school history. So okay, that's men's. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's great. Um, yeah. They – okay, here's the story. Sorry. WKU.com with this. Um, WKU shot a 54-hole total of 12 over 876 to win by a five-stroke margin in the 17-team field and record the lowest 54-hole team score – in tournament history dating back to 2007. So, sweet. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good job, ladies. I'm not much of a golf guy, so sorry. Um, and big story Western lose Marshall, which, by the way, guys, I hate Marshall fans now. They just. Same. Same. Uh, Welcome to the club. You know, I'm just glad it's over because I was like, just all the stuff I'm reading online, I was like, these guys can suck it. I hate these guys. I just. Ugh. Um, Western lost by last second uh, 53-yard field goal, 26-23. to Um, That kicker, uh, what's his name, Uh, Justin Rohrwasser? God, he was good. Yeah, He's going to be kicking on Sundays. 
The time yes. be taken uh, right yes. now. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It, once yes. we get suck up out, yes, I will gladly have him in two tone blue. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Justin Roshwasher or whatever. He was four for four. I don't. He hadn't missed a single field goal all year, has he? No. 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 And by yeah, the way, yeah, dude, his buckets. Yeah, Corey Munson missed one field goal. He was at fifty percent. He missed so, an extra and, point. And yeah, people too. are ragging on him. Just yes. custom missed extra point too. But I mean, people got to remember he's a true freshman kicker. I mean, a lot of pressure. I mean, if the kicker is the one that always takes the heat for everything, you you wait like till you wait point, till. But, Munson's a senior. If he stays here the whole time, he'll he be do. He'll be just like Rory. Yeah, Rural Rosser is. So yeah, Corey yeah, Munson will be good. A lot of people are giving him grief, um, but and something to add to that, it is not illegal for the kicker to continue f- through with his motion when the other when the opposing team calls timeout. Yeah, like so uh, when they the ice him, him. Do what? Yeah. In the post-game interview, Helton said that, but he said that he was going to call the timeout early, and the refs just did not listen to him or did not communicate that, and that's why he was so upset about it, is that he told them multiple times, he's like, I'm going to call the timeout early, don't let him do that, and everything, but they still did anyways, because, I mean, Conference USA, what else is new, so it is what it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, Kraft USA refs, yeah, that's... Yes. We oh have the king God. of that coming on Saturday. <laughs> yes, yes. Which, by the way, yeah, I'm not a fan of uh, Lane Kiffin, but still, like, all that, no. Those refs are awful, and I stand by him 100% on that. Um, so, Western was 426 total yards. I thought they did a great job moving the ball. Like, even, even on the turnover drives, like – Basically, they got two first downs on both of those drives and then shot themselves in the foot with the bad trick play and then the fumble by Story. It's like, you know, you can see the you can see Story getting more confident in each game. You can see Helton knowing how to call plays for him. Like Lucky Jackson, 16 catches for 168 yards. He's really emerging. Like Gage Walker having vision. Like they still got. They still have to learn how to finish drives. They've got to. I mean, the turnovers basically killed us this game because if we even cut down one of those, Marshall probably doesn't score. You know, uh, put us in that seventeen nothing hole. But you know, it's going in the right direction. The defense. I. I still think the defense got, especially D'Angelo Moyle, got held like crazy this last. Oh game. yeah, so. yeah, he definitely did. I agree. Uh, Jacquez Sloan uh, was the one that threw that big interception, and I mean, Story threw one as well. But it was a hail mary at the end. It of was the just second horrible. Yeah, horrible. but well, and with Jacquez Sloan though, his like, if you watch a good quarterback, they plant their feet. You know, they follow through. You know, they there's little things that they do that helps. Jacquez Sloan looked like he was playing little league football when he threw that ball. Well, I mean, he's not really a quarterback either. No, he's not. And I mean, I'm not cutting him for that. But literally, like, he just jumped and just threw it as hard as he could. And I was like, man, we're not going to. This is the only time I'm going to be able to throw it, so F it. Who cares if the guy's open or not? Yeah, and, of course, it bit us in the butt. But, um, you know, Western had uh, 134 yards rushing. We had nine yards less in penalties, which I don't know about y'all, but I have never seen an illegal equipment call in my entire life. That was that was just wow. Like, that was hilarious. That was hilarious in my book because I was like, 
illegal equipment. I was like, okay, somebody's got a visor on that's, you know, you're not supposed to be wearing or something like that. And they were like, there are two number 43s on the field. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Some coach is going to get his butt chewed for that. It's just Which, like MTSU's 12 players in the conference championship. I thought it was going to be that kind of moment. But, I mean, it's still funny. Oh, it's, yeah. it was. I thought it was hilarious. But um, And, of course, Western having the fumble and the two interceptions, that's, I mean, that's just the big killer right there. Um, numbers, man. If you cut them off, then that's how you win ballgames. And I know, I know if if Munson had hit those, but it's kind of like uh, when Matt had the interview with uh, Casey Tinius. That is the hardest job on the field to go basically thirty minutes of actual real life time, not game time, not doing anything. Then you have to start warming up on the sidelines to hit, a, you know, a fifty-three yarder or whatever, and then to go do that, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the game on Saturday, buddy? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely what you would expect from the Moonshine Throwdown. It was just all sorts of excitement. I did not think it was going to be a remotely close ball game after Marshall started off 17 to nothing. I thought that, well, I mean, well, this is a game that we'll just kind of throw out and then try to get back on track on Saturday. But these guys showed a ton of resiliency. I will say that for sure. I was really proud of the way that they were able to come back into the second half and get themselves back into this game because you take a Western team from a year ago, two years ago, they probably would have just laid down and died and it would have been pre- wouldn't have been pretty at all. But these guys, they fought. They did really solid. They tried their hardest to get back in there. The only thing that I think that really cost them this game was the timeout that Coach called when there was uh, – I think it was when Marshall was still like in there on 25 or something like that. If he would have not called it, Marshall didn't have any and a lot more time could have gotten ran off the clock. But he wanted to call a timeout hoping that his defense would make a big stop to maybe force him to punt or just have a turnover. But that actually gave Marshall enough time to get in field goal range. And for Rosswasser, however you say his name, I think they said that the, his 53-yard field goal is a career long, and it was the first attempt he's ever had over 50 yards. And plus, it barely went into. It went through, like, the bottom right of the field goal, and he did it three times, the two times that Coach Heldon tried to ice him and the other one. So, I mean, I guess it was just their day. I mean, he was feeling it. Their kicker is really solid. So Here's, here's a question I have. Okay, so we go. Going on that last drive, they get like a four-yard play on the first play on from their 13 to get to the 17. Helton calls a timeout, and Marshall from there on starts to dink and dunk us. I don't know if that was the right decision by Helton yeah, to call a timeout there. That's that's the big second-guessing moment. It's like I can understand that on third down. Like, okay, you are on second down, you get a big stop, and like, okay, it's third and seven. Let's get a stop to get the ball back. But, you know, that kind of let them reset their offense, and I think we basically gave them a chance to regroup when they didn't have a good first play of that last drive. I agree. All right, yeah. I still like Coachelte better than Sanford, and if it's only one small mistake instead of, like, 15, I'll take it. Well, it's definitely a small thing, but it's just something that, you know, it's like, man, if we could have done this or if the offensive line could have, you know, blocked a little bit better or whatever. Just little things like that. That's that's what adds up when you lose a game that close. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, my thing is with, like, it was kind of like, I'll expand on what Jared said. If, like, for instance, last year, if that last year team had played this Marshall team this year, we got killed like 44 to 6. I mean, there's no contest. 
Um, and then for Western to only allow what two field goals in the second half? Yeah, I mean that was crazy for two to allow Marshall only get two. I mean, if we'd have had that good of a push as far as the defensive side in the first half, we'd have been set. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I can't. I do believe that D'Angelo Malone was held the entire game. Probably. Uh, I thought at first he looked kind of sluggish, but I think it was more of a holding issue. Um, but you're going into somebody else's house on homecoming, so you know that's going to happen. I mean, there's no debate there. You know, they're going to get home cooking no matter what it is, and we're Western, so we're not going to get it. Um, it's usually how that works in every so conference Alex, that we've ever been in. Yes. Yes. Alex, what did you think of the game, buddy? The game, like, pretty much as a consensus, I was real proud of the effort that we actually did try to come back because compared, like you said, compared to last year, this team would have just laid down, died, would have got blown out 60-plus points. But I'm just proud of the effort. Also, I'm glad to see a running back other than Gage Walker getting some carries. <laughs> so Which it's like Gage Walker. Good God, man, he did pretty good. I thought. Yes, but McClendon did really good too. Yeah, yeah, he ran up, got a couple carries for 25 yards, and it's just like. If I was Helton, keep mixing in the running backs just to keep Walker fresh because you're going into that down stretch, not only playing for a bowl appearance, but like trying to go for the conference title. You really do not want to tire out your number one running back too much because once he goes down, you will have to go back into the depth and it's just a cycle. So they have to keep McClendon in, also get LaFrance in if they would have to, to just keep Walker going. Like, take him out when he needs to, but still, as long as he averages like at least 15 plus carries, it's all good. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. Um, I, of course, I won't lie. Uh, when Gage Walker made that one touchdown run, I was sitting there and I was like, Okay, he was down. He, he crossed the line. Please don't let them call Yes, him. do not let him take it back. Uh, oh, yeah, were they like, it got knocked out of his hand, but it was really close. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's those, they said in the press conference on Monday, it's those explosive runs is what really, where they finish those last two or three yards of the play really help us where we don't have to get in our goal line offense. Like, it's, it's kind of what this team's missing, really, to take the offense to the next level, but, like, we, we shoot ourselves in the foot so much in the goal line where it's like, okay, well, Gage finishing those two runs was just huge. So Oh, definitely. Um, well, talking about that, um, so we got FAU this week. Um, I don't know how y'all feel. Lane Kiffin, love him or hate him, he's coming to – they're coming to us, right? Is that, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yep. it's a home. Yes. Okay, so it's a home game. By the way, I think it's supposed to be nasty as old get out. It is just really cold. Yeah, it's yeah. high of 51. I don't, it's only supposed to be partly cloudy. It won't be that bad. Yeah. Oh, those Florida guys are going to freeze. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be nice. Yeah, 51 is like 38 for us. Uh, so, yeah, Bill's character. Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course, that, that's Florida guys. No joke. Yeah. Um, They'll I probably think... be too drunk to feel anything anyway. There you go, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, sunny and 51 by game time, but it will cool off as the game goes by. So, Yeah, I was going to say, that's 4 Eastern, too. So, 
you're looking at probably at least getting dark by the time you know the game's almost over. You good, Alex? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotta go. <laughs> um, so ESPN's given uh, FAU a 57% chance to beat Western. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's not possible, uh, but they're also giving Western a minus one in the spread. So the game is that close. Um, but in my, in my opinion, I don't know about the rest of you, uh, this Robinson kid is their biggest threat. In my He's opinion. questionable. He, him and is the he, running back, Davidson, are both questionable. They left the uh, ODU game last week at around in the first half, so their backups both finished the game. We don't know if those injuries are serious or not, so um, it's kind of wait-and-see mode. I, it, I would love our chances even more if their quarterback's out. Their running back is not really that great, but uh, no. their yeah, quarterback. He's not Singletary. <laughs> yeah, but their uh, quarterback, yeah, if he's out, that's uh, give, against our defense, give me, give me uh, that all day. So. Which, by the way, they have a kid named Cordell Littlejohn. Is that not the greatest thing ever? He play- Oh, he's a quarterback, too. Okay. He's a freshman, though. Nick Tronny would be their backup who would probably play if Robinson's out. So. Okay, I see that. Nick Tronny, yeah, he's a sophomore. Um, of course, he's like he's thrown for – well, he's thrown for 90 yards. He's got one touchdown, one interception. So He played well against ODU in the second half, but it's ODU. So. Exactly. God bless it. Always do this crap. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I clicked on the – is that ODU? Uh, I don't know. I can't tell. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um, so, Robinson, like you said, he's questionable for Saturday. But they are – he's 172 for 271 on the season, throwing for over 2,131 yards, 15 touchdowns, and four interceptions thus far. And he's a sophomore. Good gosh. Yeah, I mean, he's he's what makes FAU go. So the way I look at this game, just doing my pre-analysis, I've got the Q&A with the FAU guy coming out tomorrow. But they are probably a – they are similar to Marshall as in a, they're going to be an offensive team versus our defensive team. So their defense isn't nearly as good as even Marshall's is. Their pass rushes – they've got a bunch of speedy athletes, but they're not going to – they will slow Western down. They won't – I think we'll be fine putting up yards against them. It's if we can keep up scoring. So, you know, on the season, even against good teams like probably Ohio State, who's arguably one of the best teams in the country, they put up 21 against them. You know, they put up, you know, 14 against UCF, who's a good team as well. 41, 42, 45, 28 against MTSU. 31 against Marshall and 41 last week. So they put up points. So if we aren't ready to score or we can't slow down, they're off. Yeah, I mean, I'm, of course, you, they put the 14 up against Central Florida, which, by the way, that makes me wonder how good Ohio State's – either they scored – let me see. Did they score late in the Ohio State game? Yeah, yeah, they scored 15 points in the fourth. Okay. I was like, man, good God, they scored – but they didn't know they scored 14 against the, like, Central Florida. You know, undecided, uh, undetermined uh, national champs there. Um, Sorry, guys, I'm back. No, you're good. Uh, passing yards allowed for FAU is 246, and rushing yards allowed is 151. Uh, now, if you look at Western, we're only allowing 183 passing yards and 117 rushing. So, 
I mean, like Ross said, it's a it's a strong offense versus a strong defense. Uh, so we'll have to see if our defense can come around. Uh, hopefully, they'll wake up a little bit before halftime um, and kind of slow things down. I think the first few drives there from Marshall, we could have been in a lot better shape if the defense had reacted a little bit more, I guess, earlier than what they did. But, you know. They also were put in a bad situation twice, too. Let's not forget that with the turnovers. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the offense did not help them at all. Um, But so, Jared, what do you think about what do you think about Saturday? How are you looking forward to it? Yeah, it's definitely going to be really interesting. Seeing how many people show up for Western is obviously another big thing, too. I'm going to be double-dipping this Saturday. I'm going to be going to the FAU game, and then as soon as it is over, is uh, there's a scrimmage for men's basketball against Kentucky State. So a lot of fun stuff going on this weekend at the Hill. Really looking forward to it. But, yeah, I mean, FAU, they're still one of those teams that are in the top half of the east side of the conference. So, I mean, definitely not to be taken lightly. Hopefully that the loss Saturday puts a chip on the guy's shoulders to get ready for this game. Like, that's their first conference loss, and if they wanted to fight for a conference title, I mean, this is a game that they really need to win because, I mean, just looking at the Conference USA and the other teams like Marshall and FAU and all of them, they can't really afford to lose many games. And Western, they have a gauntlet of a schedule to end the season, too. So this is definitely going to be a big game. I hope there's good support for the guys. But hopefully the Florida guys will freeze and be really scared to death. But it'll be really interesting to see how it works out this Saturday. I just want the offense to show up again. 400-something yards, that's great. We need that consistently every game. I know that's hard, but you got to finish drives. That's the biggest thing. Yes, I completely agree. Um, Alex, what do you think? What do you think about Saturday, buddy? Offense, we need a hot start all across the board. I'm definitely looking for Lucky Jackson to keep producing on his streak from the past two games, being more productive, getting everybody else involved. And from a defensive standpoint on FAU, a couple players to look out for. I can't even pronounce this guy's name. Achilles Leroy is the leading tackler. He has 55 total, 11 Tackles for loss, 4.5 sacks. And in the secondary side of things, look out for this guy called Miko Dotson. He has four interceptions on the year. So definitely whoever is on him, he's going to cause some fits. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, And, of course, actually I was just sitting here looking. It looks, according to uh, ESPN, Western is still first in Conference USA since we have the four wins in conference. Um, and out of the gauntlet Jared was talking about, we have to beat FAU, who is tied for second in the conference this week. We got Arkansas next week. Uh, on the 23rd, we play uh, Southern Miss. And then on the 30th, around Thanksgiving, we're going to play uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, who is in third. Uh, so the, the way that, that works, Devin, is basically – if we went out and Marshall won out, they would have the tiebreaker against us because they would have the head-to-head. We'd both finish 7-1. Yeah. But uh, Marshall also plays tough games, specifically against Western Division leader uh, Louisiana Tech. Play FIU, who's kind of a wild card team, and you know they play a couple other Patsy teams too. But like, well, they've Bryce and they've got. But if, if yeah, if Marshall slips up once, and they could lose to Charlotte. Charlotte just beat North Texas, so you never know with that offense. So, 
you know, Marshall could easily slip up. I don't think they were an infallible team. I mean, basically they took advantage of some mistakes by us. So if we can find a way to win Saturday, we own a tiebreaker against every other team in the East, and we still have a good shot of winning the East. So we still have a lot to play for, and we're in a good shape. So Well, even – well, okay – if we went out, we still have to play middle and and uh, middle beat Marshall. Yeah. So technically, that, yeah, yeah, twenty-four thirteen. Um, so technically, that would still put us above Marshall if we beat middle, right? Not, not if okay. If Marshall and I, Marshall and Western both won out, we would be tied at seven and one, and they would have the tiebreaker. Yeah, because they beat us. Marshall has yes. to Marshall has to lose one more time, and we can't lose if we want to win the East. Okay. Or Marshall has to lose twice, and we would have to lose once. Which, by or, the way, yeah, who I'm explicit here. Who the hell thought we were going to be in this position? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. 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 We were all like, "Man, this is a rebuilding year. Who cares?" You know, it's not the big here, deal. Here's my thing, though. We started five and two. If we went to a, if we went, if we don't win a game after starting five and two, if we finish five and seven, it's a disappointment. I'm sorry, you. You can't get the hopes up and show that much confidence and then not win. So let's take care of business on Saturday. Let's beat FAU and then, you know, you get it. You get a basically a freebie game against Arkansas to make a statement before a bye week and then the last two conference games. So yes, uh, yes. I would love to see us beat Kiffin and send him home crying on his little plane. But you know, we'll He'll see. Sending so many angry tweets. See, yeah, sending so many tweets. Like a couple yes. of UT fans tweets just because for some reason he's still obsessed with the University of Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, I think he's just mad because he got fired from there, but it's whatever. Uh, let me see here. Let me get into the mailbag. And while I'm doing that, I do have one question from uh, my little brother asked me this. Uh, who do you all think – we'll go around the room. Who do you think is the best coach in WKU history? Which sport? Football. Which sport? Football. Football. Sorry, football. Uh, we'll go ahead and start. I'll start with uh, Alex. I'll let you go first, buddy. Is it FCS or FBS? Like all, the all, the all time. All right. Obviously, for and forgive me for this because I've been dwelled into Western athletics since 2010, my freshman year of college. So for the longest in the Division Two run, it's always been Harbaugh, straight up. But. Uh. Like literally, straight up. And uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. You do your thing. Yeah. All right. And then the FBS level, I honestly feel like, and this is gonna be on a tangent. Brom, because of the statistics. I mean, let's just be real. Let's be honest. But. The Willie Taggart era actually set things off. Whether you like it or not, the Willie Taggart era sat uh, era. Sorry, I can't even talk. But anyway, Willie Taggart era set things off. Just the recruits. Then once he left, once Brom got in, pretty much just went from there. So I always got to give credit to the guy that started. So I would have to just go Taggart. Not because of stats or anything like that, but just overall impact on the program becoming what it is. True. Uh, Jared, what's your point, bud? All right. My my vote is one that is very abstract, and y'all will probably hate me for this. 
But I have to say EA Diddle, just for the fact that he coached football for like the first two or three years he was at Western. <laughs> he is the greatest coach Western has ever had into anything. I don't care. He's the first coach. That doesn't mean yeah. Western. That doesn't that count. The first I doesn't don't mean care. the best. I don't he care. Wasn't, he wasn't the first. By, by proxy, by proxy EA Diddle did coach football for a little bit. And EA Diddle is the greatest yeah. coach that Western has ever had in anything. So, therefore, I say Diddle. And that's why my dog is named Diddle as well. I am a Diddle fan. Because of, the football, cause of his football career? <laughs> first off, uh, Diddle was not the first coach. Well, was I mean, sorry. Yeah. No. Um, well, you know what I mean. He was, like when he first got to the Hill, EA Diddle did help coach football. Yes, he did in 1922 <laughs> to 1928. Yeah. So but, therefore. But. In the 19, uh, 1908, they started the team, uh, and in 19 till let's see, hold on here, I'm kind of I'm trying to skim and do it at the same time. Uh, they didn't start playing sanctioned games until 1913, and that's when a guy named Leeper and Manchester are noted as the first coaches for WKU. Okay. Well, you, my point is still proven. Still did. <laughs> okay. Respect, I respect. I concede. I concede. Um. So, Ross, who's your favorite, bud? Um, okay. Well, first, if, if you're going to divide it, I, I think there's a really good argument uh, during the 1AA years or pre-FBS years that Jimmy Fikes was a better coach than Harbaugh. I mean, he took him to back-to-back title games or two title games out of three years and really, you know, had set Western up as a solid football school from the 60s until the 80s. Um, you know, people like uh, Harbaugh took the mantle he had and ran with it. But, I mean, it's got to be Braum. I mean, he's taken Western to its highest heights ever. I mean, we were ranked in the top 25. We were blowing everybody out. I mean, I think we could be having this show 20 years from now, do a reunion episode, and still say, hey, it's Braum. So, I think as time goes by, I think we're going to just keep looking back at the Braum years and just wonder Man, how how did how did this happen, and you know why why are we having so much trouble replicating that? So that's that's my answer. Okay. With a thirty and ten record for Jeff Brom, still pretty impressive. Thirty and ten can't go wrong with that. No, five percent. Yeah, you can't beat the thirty and ten record. But it's kind of like you said, um, probably the most the modern era. You'd have to say Brom. Yeah, uh, and modern, I mean like two thousand to current. Well, really, uh, 2007 or eight when we transition would be the, the true modern era, I would say. Yeah, I mean, well. Because those different scholarships, different, you know, different athletes, different competition, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, in 2000, what was it, 2002, they won the championship. So that's what I'm going from. It's like them winning the FCS championship in 2000, uh, 2002. Yeah. Um, so going from that, that to current. Um, I think you got to say it's Brom. Uh, Taggart kind of turned him around. I mean, he did good, but he was gone I mean, before. I mean, we didn't really win any championships or anything either. I uh, mean, the best he that his last season, they had all this talent, got off to a big start, and then they kind of faded down the stretch too. Yeah, and I mean one by one. Uh, but it's like you say, me. Jack Harbaugh saved the program. Uh, when they were going to cut the budget and Western was going to cut the team. Uh, it was kind of him and Jimmy Fikes who jumped in and saved it. But your yes. most famous coach in Western history is Jimmy is Coach Fikes. 
so that, I mean, that's if you're going winningest all time, you got to go Timmy Fike. Uh, he's overall 106, 56, and six ties. So, I mean, and he's got six OVC championships, 70, 71, 73, 75, 78, and 80. So, uh, you can't beat that. Um, I do have one comment. Uh, this comes from Matt McKay. He's kind of rubbing it in Jake's face. Uh, so does the Marshall loss give Jake every reason to believe WKU will finish five and seven, which the top, by the way, are guaranteed to be better than his prediction. Keep that in mind, Jakey Poo, kissy face. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. Wonderful I love, question. Yes, I love Matt. Uh, Jared, do you want to talk about some of your uh, cold takes on the post? Oh, yes. I forgot about that. Did that you forget? Fun. Come on Somehow. now. Well, not really, but... See, I asked in the WKU basketball group that I created for some inexplicable reason many years ago that <laughs> I was asking people's theirs, uh, hot takes or bold predictions for the years. I saw a lot for the Sweet 16. I saw conference champions, NCAA tournament runs, but my favorite was from Eric Sack, and he said that we will beat Kentucky State. That gave me a good <laughs> chuckle, but... If you saw the Bellarmine game against Louisville the other day, that was kind of wild. They were actually holding them, their ground in that game. Bellarmine was. They had the league going into the half. I don't know if Louisville played any of their starters or not. Ross, you can correct me on that. But they have three. They had both their big men hurt and a big freshman guy. But Bellarmine's a damn good team. They uh, shoot the ball well. And I think, depending on Louisville's injury situation, that, that game is – there for the taking in Nashville for a statement win. Uh, yeah. I guess the day after Thanksgiving. So who knows if which team will be ready to play. And, you know, their size, I mean, we have their, their big men don't match up to Bassey. So it just depends on point guard play, if Cooper's, if Cooper's eligible or not, and then how our shooters do. So, I mean, Louisville, Louisville has all the talent in the world. Jordan War is great. But if – if they're not molded together, or if they don't have, if they're not making that leap that all the national media thinks they are going to, then you know Louisville could take that L in in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. That would be that'd be great in my opinion. Um, I, I will say on some of these, yes, the Kentucky State was pretty funny. Uh, Frank Farrell says uh, final thirty two with no injuries, no no DUI, no bad grades, et cetera. Go tops. Um, That's very bold. That is, very, that is very bold. Uh, the, and the big one is the DUIs. Uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully this year they'll stay off the stay off the weed, as uh, Stephen A. Um, Classic. I do like Jerry Constant. Championship, yep. Charles Bassey domination, yep. Go Tops, yep. Is that like championship championship <laughs> or just conference championship? Because there is a big old difference. <laughs> Let me say, it's just bold, Okay. Whether it's NCAA championship or conference championship, it's a bold take. So, conference, I think it's very possible. So, we'll sure. see. Conference should be expected, but that could be for a different podcast. I know we made the meshes boards this week by our NCAA or bust take, but. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, the, the, the towel hacks. Yes, the towel hacks. Um, so, I do have. Let me. Well, yeah, I got it here. Hold on. I do have one thing. I'll let y'all pull it up. Um, and that is the coaches. Okay, let me find it. 
the co is it the is their favorite music? Is that what it was? Jared? Yeah, what happened is that it was Brett McMurphy with the Athletic. He did this article asking every conference commissioner and also every head football coach and all 130 uh, FBS teams who their favorite uh, musical artist is. And we found the list for the Conference USA, and it is definitely worth talking about. It is not the Conference USA. It's Conference USA. No one calls it the Conference USA. USA. I don't care. It's not the SEC. It's Conference USA. Yes, it is. This is the. Find me one other person who calls it that, Jared. Dear God, you're driving me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know why it's so triggering, but oh well. Okay. Um. So. Sorry, my throat's getting a little tickled tonight. Um, so, Will Healy, by the way, he likes Garth Brooks. Respectable. It, was he even alive when Garth Brooks was singing? I'm just saying. Probably not. He's, He's like already age, Devin. He's, uh, oh, man, oh, he is. Okay, so never mind. Yeah. I was thinking he was a lot younger. Never mind. Uh, Lane Kiffin likes Bon Jovi, which, by the way, hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butch Davis is Fleetwood Mac, which that sounds about right. Yeah. He's old. Kenny Chesney. <laughs> wow. Doc Holliday doesn't like music. Yeah, that's a cop yeah. out. He's got to like something like Britney Spears or like yeah. Justin Bieber or something. Oh, that he, he just he, doesn't want to like Backstreet or NSYNC. That would be hilarious. Nickelback. Nickelback. Shut up. I like uh-uh. Nickelback. I love Nickelback. <laughs> Thank All right, you. The chain smokers then. The chain smokers. <laughs> okay, Florida, that sounds Georgia doable. Line. No, Florida Georgia Line. There we go. Okay, that's okay. It's okay. universally hated for Georgia Line. Okay, yes. so I have a confession to make. I no. just kind of skimmed this when uh, Jared sent it to me earlier, and I was like, is this who they look like, or what is this? Yes, because a single <laughs> human can look like ACDC. Yeah, well, I was like, well, maybe they meant, like, the lead artist for ACDC. I don't know. But I was like, Tyson Helton, George George Strait. I was like, he doesn't look like George Strait. What is this? Dana Dimmel likes the, it's the Eagles. Cool. Respect. Oh, yeah. Yes. Of course, some of these I don't know. Who? Like Jack Johnson. I don't know Jack Johnson. Dude, is I met Jack Johnson. Yeah, mid, yeah. Is that mid early mid early two thousands like Hawaiian guitar player, you know his song, like the banana pancake yeah. song. Devin, I yeah, met I him by do. a total fluke in Indianapolis once. Like I went with my cousin, he was gonna be able to play a big show in like one of the theaters they have down there and like just out of nowhere he was walking by with his kids, so got to meet him, which is really random. So Okay, so I don't have the copyright for any of this. I'm just watching it on YouTube real quick. See what this is. Yeah, it's definitely copyright. Listen to Banana Pancakes. You know that song. Banana Pancakes. Yeah, I gotta find it tonight. Oh. Yeah, it's not on this one, so I'll turn it off real quick. Uh, but yeah, that sounded really good. Um, George Strait's great, by the way. Amarillo by Morning might be one of the best country songs ever. Oh, no doubt, but. I don't know if George Strait is like my favorite artist, if that makes sense. He's definitely King George, by all means. He's a great artist, and he's got numerous number one albums and all that, but I just don't See, know about... you want to hear something wild right now? Like, do you hear this sound? That's me holding one of George Strait's CDs right now, just because I somehow <laughs> found it in the office. His album, Honky Tonk <laughs> Hill, came out yes. in 2003, had uh, Cowboys Like Us, and That's uh, a good one. all sorts yes. of stuff on that, so... Random album that I just found. It's Coach Elton's favorite, apparently. I ought to send it to him. Okay, so let's. I'll go. We'll do it quickly. Uh, Jared, who on this list do you agree with the most as far as their music taste? Who was we it just that had the Conference USA or what? Rick Stockstill. Just, okay. just 
yeah, Jared, we'll do we'll do on just on this list. Who on this list do you most agree with their music selection? See, I don't have it in front of me, sadly, but I know one of them said ACDC, which I kind of respect. I'm not a big ACDC fan, but it's the rock music. That was I Bobby Wilder that. from ODU. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Which is, I'm surprised he didn't choose Old Dominion just because the name, but they're not very good at all, so that's smart that he didn't. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I would have to say, even though I hate MTSU, I mean, you can't go wrong with The Temptations. I mean, there's no way. The Temptations no way are pretty good. I'll give you that. Amazing. I respect that. Uh, Alex, what do you got, buddy? This was a really good list. The one that kind of just blew me away, and it's the close second to Frank Wilson's Frankie Beverly and Mays, huge fan, but also Jay Hobson from Suffer Miss chose Meatloaf. That literally <laughs> warmed my soul when I saw that. I was like, wow, I would, I would love to sit next to this guy at a table. That's hilarious. Favorite oh Meatloaf God. song, Alex, go. If I would do anything for love. So then what was the one thing he wouldn't do? That's the question. Right. But he won't do that. He won't do that. I'm thinking I don't somebody, know what that is. He said he wouldn't do it, so it's fine. Yeah, Jared, if you got to dip out, buddy, it's fine. Um, right, yeah, I thought that was really funny, just that whole... That, first of all... Like someone that's actually a reputable person in at the athletic interviewed every single coach in the middle of the season. Like, hey man, who's your favorite musical artist? I'm just kind of wondering right now. I wonder how that went over. Still pretty big, Murphy. He's the most connected man in it's football. Gotta be. True. It's got to be just true. like a quick email, though. Hey, coach, what's your favorite artist to listen to? Go. You know. So, could you imagine being a coach seeing that and be like, seriously, out of all the stuff I got going on this season, he wants to know what I'm listening to. But yeah. as a music person, I respect it, though, so that's cool. I will say if they emailed that to me, I would never get it because I don't yeah. check my email very often. I'm bad about Shame that. Shame on you. Shame. Um, I would that, I will say, uh, well, I'll go, let's see. Ross, who do you think, buddy? Who's your? Who do you agree with the most? If we're just sticking to Conference USA, um I'll just I'll I'll stick with what Helton did. George Strait's pretty great. Garth I love too. So out of those, and the other ones I'm you know I just go in phases. So I'd I'd go probably George Strait out of those. But huge Eagles fan. Um, outside of the conference, there were some fun ones too. Um, you know I think let's see. Hold on one second. Let me pull up a funny one. Kalani Sataki, BYU's coach, went with Bob Marley. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Walt Bell, UMass's coach, went with Tool. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, let's see. Tony so Sanchez, UNLV's coach, went with Van Halen. So did anybody say Nickelback? Uh, no um, Nickelback. looking right now. No Nickelback. While we're still on the subject of just all the coaches outside of conference, the one that literally was like, come on, this has to be a troll. Les Miles, Kansas coach liking 21 Savage. <laughs> like, I was just like, what the heck? That, that had to be a total troll from Les. That, and I did not expect Les Miles to know anything about current rap. I don't know because he's the where he is, I don't know. He had Rick Ross at their uh, at their spring game or something. I'm Rick James. Yep. <laughs> 
Kansas uh, is a funny, it's a weird university, though. And I mean, this is the same university that had Snoop Dogg for their Midnight Madness. They're like, hey, we got to get people to come to Dorrance, Kansas. Let's, we got to get, we got to get the athletes to come from middle or to Kansas. So let's, let's, let's bring some uh, rap music. Maybe that will get them to come to the plains. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, let's see. Let me pull up Jared's little picture here, so I can do mine real quick. Um. Now I will say Garth Brooks is. A, I, I kind of agree with Ross. Garth Brooks was a big one for me. Um, George Strait's a big one too. Um, I didn't realize until just now that Lane Kiffin and Bill Clark like Bon Jovi. I just glanced through and I see that there's two of them. Um, but I will go with uh, Bobby Wilder, Old Dominion, ACDC. Um, ACDC was the first vinyl I bought, and I would probably say that I will uh, just tear that thing all to pieces because I listen to that thing all the time. I would literally do stuff around the house, and I'll just throw that vinyl on and just go with it. So, um, yeah, I'll have to go with the same vinyl too. Yeah. It's good. Yes. The of course it's the uh, the um, oh shoot, uh, what's it? The Back in Black album. Yep. Which the story behind that uh, is that their lead singer wasn't it that killed himself, and so they wanted the art the uh, album to be completely black in uh, solidarity for him, and then. <clears throat> Excuse me, and uh, so they were going to do just this embossed look of their uh, ACDC on it, and so the vinyl company said, "Nah, it's not going to happen. We'll do it in a light gray," and that's how that album actually turned out to look like it does. So, interesting. Fun fact for y'all while you're listening to the podcast here. Um, so Western plays at four o'clock Eastern, three p.m. Central on ESPN Plus, and we are at home this week at the Houch um, playing FAU and Kiffin's Convicts, so make sure to check that out. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Basketball plays again on Saturday. What's the time on that, Ross? Do you know? Uh, 6.30 Central against Kentucky okay. State. It's not on TV. You either have to listen or go. So Yeah, so... Uh, if you want to get a quick uh, in on seeing how good the basketball team is this year, go check them out. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to figure out who else we got. Uh, women's basketball. I think they play tomorrow night. Isn't that right? Yeah, KWC. Yes, yes they play tomorrow night, so go check them out. Volleyball keeps winning, so check them out. We'll see how Soccer's five... got their last game of the regular season. Oh, wow. Soccer's last oh. game coming up. Well, before uh, the tournament, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. So uh, make sure to check them out. Nice. Uh, check out the Tower Rack. Uh, they got great articles coming out daily. Uh, Ross and the guys keep rolling it out, uh, keeping you informed. Whether they're we got, some, we got some pre- preview, more basketball preview stuff. Uh, we'll have a couple more football pieces this week before the game, and then uh, starting next week it's double duty, guys. So uh, it should be a great time. It's probably the most fun time of the year as a. WKU fan, we got both teams that should be good, and uh, let's keep tuning in, keep supporting us, and keep uh, realizing the the quality difference between us and some other people's work. So yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and uh, follow the Tower Rack, follow Red Out, uh, and like, share, and subscribe on the podcast. Uh, and as always, guys, go talk.